0: This week's major spoilers podcast goes out to wait. Is it the weekend type edition? Oh, wait, it is. Goes out to Andrea Orth, Ryan Smotak, and Russ Cat, who together, Smotak, Orth, and Cat actually sound like characters from Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. And I, you know, I imagine da, da da da, and then the thing flying across the sky, and you see Spock's face, and then and all like that. And this show goes out to them.
1: Spoilers major spoilers theme song. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Pod on on the air. The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. On
2: anyway. like, like, the air. Pod Pod Podcast. I'm Matthew Rodrigo and I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. podcasts by 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 Hey everyone, welcome to issue 385 of the Major Spoilers Podcast, so glad you could join us this time. (laughs) Listener writes in, I've been listening to your show for about nine months, I've caught up with all of the critical hit, thank you, and I'm frantically burning through all of the Major Spoilers Podcast. I've been interested in comics for the longest time, but never knew where I should start. During the Christmas holiday, I went to my local comic book store and picked up the first volume of Atomic Robo because you guys give it such glowing reviews, and I absolutely love it, and now I've bought all the volumes that are are currently available. My question, though, is about Hellboy. I thought the movies were okay, and I think that it's the kind of story that I would be into, but I still have no idea where to start. Rodrigo, do you know, or maybe the rest of the crew, have any idea where I should start reading this Hellboy thanks so much for great podcasts and thank you for giving me a push I need to get out of my local comic book shop or get out to my local comic book shop and spend some money Rodrigo what about uh, Hellboy yeah. you, you've been the- buying up all the Hellboy volumes that you can get your your mitts on
3: I have um, uh, Hellboy seed of Destruction is the first volume of Hellboy so I would I would uh I would recommend starting there, certainly. Um, That's going to give you all the background you need on Hellboy. Each volume does a little bit of a recap, but Hellboy, uh, each volume also does some time skips, sometimes Mm -hmm. going backwards in time for Mm -hmm. different volumes. So that can get a little bit confusing. I would say if you want to read Hellboy, pick up Seed of Destruction. Um, That's the the first volume. Yeah, that's
2: the first volume. And that one... You know, that sets up everything you need to know about the Hellboy universe. Um, It is, portions of it are spelled out in the first Hellboy movie. So some of it you'll be familiar with. Um, If you've already picked up Seed of Destruction, you could skip to the Chain Coffin and others. Um, But again, once you get into that third volume or the the library edition, uh, volume two or volume three of the uh, library editions you're really starting to get continuity mismatches, meaning that there's yeah. going to be events that happen in Hellboy Wake the Devil, which is a really good volume, volume two, uh, that yeah. will have an impact later on in, say, Hellboy Conqueror Worm. Now, I'm just throwing out some titles there. Um, but that's you know kind of mm-hmm. how the Hellboy universe works. It's really each volume is based on the idea that you've read the, the volume before. Matthew, is that kind of your interpretation of Hellboy? I know you're one of those people that really believes you don't have to jump into you can jump into anywhere you don't have to start
0: with volume one correct starting with volume one is often a problem because volume one is very seldom the best of the story um i honestly i know, i know well to quote bruce campbell there are two things i know about hellboy jack and s word but i've seen the movie and i would say that you know anything that is written and drawn by mike mignola good place to start. You got the original creator on both sides of it. So you don't have to get used to anything. So I would say seed of Destruction is as good a place to start as any, but you know, in pretty much anything where you go, Hey, you know, is this something, you know, flip through it at the library and say, Oh, this might catch my attention, read mm-hmm. it and go, and then, you know, figure it out after the fact, piece it together in your brain. Um, Rodrigo,
2: you've been buying the individual trades or have you been picking up the library editions?
3: No, I've been buying individual trades. Okay.
2: I, I uh, bought the individual trades for a long time and the individual issues for a long time, and now I'm starting to move into the library v- editions just because they're so nicely bound mm-hmm. and it's a bigger um, page than what you find in the no- normal comic book size. It's Those volumes are really nice, but they're also really pricey. So go for the trade paperbacks. Oh, packs. sure.
3: And, uh, you know, yeah, the trades, the trades are pretty good. I would... I... um. See the, the, the volume that I got of Seed of Destruction, I think this I, I think I've heard other people complain about it. I think the binding is weird on, on it. Yeah. And, yeah. Um so I don't know if that's been fixed in, in future editions that were printed, but um you know, there is that issue potentially, but that's an issue with any trade paperback you pick up, potentially.
2: All right. Anything else, Matthew, that you want to oh, add? alright? Mm, those aren't goggles (laughs) they're not
3: yeah you're right they're not goggles uh rodrigo
2: why here's a question for you why are boys action figures much more poseable than girls dolls like barbie why does she have so few points of articulation and gi joe has like a million million points of articulation
3: you know i'm 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 not entirely sure, but I you know it's it's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently, especially um with with this new uh wave of my little ponies coming out and I'm like, you know my little pony is is a pretty iconic girl's toy, right, and they have exactly zero articulation, you know they're horses they're you know you you think clearly as a man. Um, they're meant to to run (laughs) around and stuff, but they're actually not, you know, what you do with what girls do with my little ponies is sit them there and then they, you know, comb their manes and their tails and stuff. Right. I I think it's just, uh, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say, isn't that then the same way with Barbie? I mean, you dress her up, you can pose her in a few poses, Uh but you just dress her up and comb her hair. I, I mean, I don't know. It's been right. a while since I've watched my sister play with dolls, you know, almost 30 years. And, uh, my boys, uh, are boys and uh, don't play with the Barbies. But I mean, that seems to be what I remember from my sister. She'd dress them up and sit them down and have a tea party. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Matthew, is that kind of how you perceive it? I
0: mean, you've got a lot of sisters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, I've got like three or four, depending on how you count. <laughs> I think that, to some degree, I think the points of articulation—well, up to a point—there's a ridiculousness of articulation that sometimes yeah. comes out. But when I was a kid, I think that the points of articulation were things like uh, to to engage in a really sweeping, inappropriate, probably sexist generalization. Mm-hmm. I feel like that there's more of a imaginary creative aspect to the traditional female toys the imagine you know what we do or what we could do and these are you know these are these are the accoutrements or the costumes or the things and the stuff but it's it's all going to be in our head whereas the boys we're blowing crap up with m80s and so girls gi joe with kung fu grip quickly becomes gi joe with missing torso you know so
2: girls have better imaginations than boys is that what you're saying
0: I said different. I didn't oh, okay. say better. Well, and there's also the fact that a lot of times, you know, there is inherent sexism in the way toys oh, are sure. marketed, presented and created. Sure. Um, if you ever walk down the girl's toy aisle with its vomitous wave of pink and purple, yep. you'll know that. But also there, you know, there are differences to the way that children play, even at young ages. And it's not necessarily going to be based on gender, but I think that what it, what it really breaks down to for me is, when you're, And this is, again, another vague generalization. When you're a young boy, you imagine that you're secretly Spider-Man and, and that you're going to put on your mask and swing around and do junk. Now, young girls do this, too. Please don't get me wrong. And I think that the, the stereotypical young girl thing is that you're secretly a princess and your real family is going to sweep in and <laughs> take you away from your horrible life. But it's a it's a kind of a different perspective. And again, (laughs) these are really, really obnoxious gender biases. Right. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that they are correct, that they're universal or that they're in any way, you know, anything other than my perception of what we see. But I think that when you break down these stereotypes and you say, why do these happen sometimes? I think it's because of that difference in expectation of. Clark Kent. Tweaking, you know, Lois Lane's nose because she, ha ha, she doesn't realize I'm secretly Superman mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, you know, princess bubble yum uh, being being swept away and her evil stepmother chopped up into bits and put in a stew. Although that may be Titus Andronicus now that I think about it. Well, you mm. were talking
2: both of you were so, talking about some sexism in uh, in action figures. Is it is it odd yeah. that we have and I don't know if you know about the T joint and the V joint in the waist and legs? On mm-hmm. female characters, the legs and mm-hmm. the the waist, you know, where the legs connect to the to the hip uh, form a V. Mm-hmm. And so as you move the legs up, there's only one way that they can move up and that is to spread out like a giant V. Uh, and then but right. for male characters, you've got a T joint where basically you have, the waist is the top of the tee, and then the the crotch area is the 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 leg of the tee, and the uh, or yeah, and then the two mm-hmm. legs attached to the sides there, and so you can move the legs up and down into a more convenient sitting mm-hmm. position. Is that weird? Right. Is that weird? I guess I've always thought that weird. that was I, weird.
0: I I think of that more as uh, a a mechanical limitation of trying to you know, mimic what is believed to be the standard male to female anatomy. Because Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at say a Barbie doll with the V joint legs that if you pull them up, they'll actually be behind her ears. Right. I don't think that's intentionally to try and, you know, send any subtle messages. I think that is, you know, that's Mattel working with, you know, 50 year old technology to try and get that the, the female waist and hip ratio, I guess, or, or, you know, the construction of that, and I use air quotes very strongly here, that ideal, yeah. you know, that, that style that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, you know, female action figures, like the Saturn girl that I have in the uh, DC Universe Legion of Superheroes set right. that you got she me. Doesn't even, she doesn't even, her legs awesome, don't even move. thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. but Her legs it, don't even move, you do know, they, because she's got look, the molded uh, skirt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do move a little bit and under that skirt is the same T joint legs that all the boy figures oh, okay. have except for invisible kid. Right. Um, <laughs> but also I think that, you know, it, it, it may be, it, it, it may be kind of a shorthand again. That thing of, are we expecting somebody to pose and play with and smash and throw and blow up the toy? Are we expecting them to, you know, do something different. Barbie's dream house was always fascinating because I would always have, you know, big fights and and (laughs) things. And at one point, my daughter had this toy castle that was basically a Barbie house. Right. And we had filled it with all sorts of, you know, toys and things. And at one point she, um, she had her princesses and they were, they were having their little tea party, but they were locked in the jail cell. (laughs) They were being held hostage by the GI Joes. no, they locked themselves in the, in there so that the turtle boys, the teenage mutant ninja action figures that were climbing all over the, the balustrades and, you know, leaping around and doing their stupid thing couldn't get involved and ruin the tea party. Ah. And then we had fun playing, you know, we played with the turtle boys and had them fight and fight and fight. But then we also had the girls safely away from those stupid boys. Yeah. So, you
3: know, I, I, I well, think. And- You know, going back to the, going back to the, the points of articulation issue, that, that I think is largely the reason why. Obviously, at this point, finally, the toy industry is kind of listening and saying, what do people want out of these toys? As opposed to, look, I made something that looks like a boat. How can we sell this kind of stuff? Although that still happens to a certain degree. And I think that young girls, are more interested in those relationships that their toys are having, either with them or with each other. So the points of are articulation aren't that important. Um I think for boys, the important thing is the action. So it's frustrating when you want to... Take your He-Man and put him on his tiger and then put that tiger on top of the Dino Rider's Tyrannosaurus Rex and then put that Tyrannosaurus Rex on top of the Millennium Falcon so they can all crash into um, (laughs) Skeletor's Tower together. That's a mighty
0: specific example right
3: there. I'm just saying (laughs) it can be frustrating if there aren't enough points of articulation to make this all happen (laughs) and you end up dropping everything and your grandma's all like, stop making noise. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well i i'm i'm curious i mean are points of articulation that important and again i could i guess it depends on what age group you're targeting i picked up um uh, this weekend just because i think it's an awesome sculpt the world of warcraft moonkin wild moon figure it's a premium series four figure it basically has four points of articulation the two legs and the two arms but it is not meant to be posed it's in the pose, and this right. is, a, I think, a problem with a lot of of um, really McFarlane toys, even though this isn't by McFarlane, um, sure, sure. where there is no posability. Yes, there are points where the joints, you know, where the arms were attached to the body, but that's it. It's supposed to stay in that position. Have fun. Is
0: Good that, luck. Yeah. There, there's a statue aspect of that, too. You know, uh, some of the most fun I've had recently with uh, toys are... For my birthday this year, somebody gave me a bunch of the little DC micro figures. Mm-hmm. What is it? The DC universe things. I got yeah. like a Sinestro. Yeah. And, you know, I it got a, uh, a Starfire and yeah, there were like several two packs. But. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, can't I'm prove not. that. You can't prove <laughs> that. <laughs> and, and none of them are actually dead. But in any case, we have a. Uh, I was playing with these characters, and we were, you know, we were playing and going la 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 and hopping around. They have four points of articulation, right? Well, four and a half maybe, and they were kind of fun. But you know, you kind of run into that same problem of they run and they they smash and they fly and they do stuff. And sometimes, in the case of Raven and Starfire, they start making out. Um, I I should not be allowed to have toys. I really should. <laughs> but you know, you're playing with this and. Four points isn't enough. Back in the day, I used to at Gatekeeper, I, we had a big case. It was called the donut case. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is it used to be a donut case mm. and it would be filled with, you know, statues and things. And there was some dead space that I filled with various action figures and, and did what was called action figure theater. Nice. And I found that, you know, the characters were more fun. The more articulated they were, but they were also a huge pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Right after a certain level, the Marvel masterpiece's Colossus has like 97 uh, different points of articulation, including this weird hinge in his chest, so that he can bend forward and mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. would fall over no matter what position you put him in. Yeah, you—I mean—you literally have to tape his limbs in place. Whereas um, another star of the action figure theater was uh alley cat which was i believe a mcfarland figures thing had four points of articulation if you so much as breathed on any of them she would fall right over right i found that ideal point is i think uh jack's pacific's uh uh wwe action figures have like 14 12 to 14 points of articulation just enough to have them stand straight or do what you want them to do you know they could they could do the head spins and they could do the the jokes that we needed to do with the the break dancing and the hanging from a thread whatever it is, but they weren't so articulated that it was ridiculous. My hatred are hinges in the hands. As far as have you the, seen the, these the, the wrist
2: or the oh where the hands can actually open and close
0: in the actual hand. Um, you remember that Iron Man figure we picked out a couple years ago where you're like I don't even know what it looks like. Yes, you do. Which one? There's a uh, I'm hinge not sure. in in his hand. Is that the is that the mark? <laughs> the Silver II?
2: Centurion. Which one is that? Mark Mark Six. <laughs> uh,
0: the ba- the back of his hand, you know, whatever you call the back of the palm of your hand, the back of the hand? has a hinge in it, and his fingers are curved, right? And so these curved fingers are a solid piece, but they right. hinge, yeah. So you can you know you can turn his hand into a crude fist, right? That hinge broke about 12 seconds later. Oh, and hinges in the hands tend to break. Um, I have an, a madman action figure with hinges in his feet so that you can oh. actually stand him on, you know, on the balls of his feet or leaning back or leaping through the air. And the hinges in the feet are problematic because those started breaking immediately. I, I don't like him. I think in the what feet. it comes down to hinges in the feet. Hinges in the hands and that weird, that weird, you know, ball joint hinge thing in the middle of the chest or right yeah. at the rib cage. Yeah. That's too much for me. You don't need that kind of posability. I mean, yeah, it's great. If you go into Gatekeeper somewhere in the store, and I'm not telling you where, you will find a Mark one silver Iron Man figure. That's a silver about centurion. About to one. jump off of something. Yeah. About to okay. jump off something. Both of his hands are up in the super fly snook a hand signal. Yeah. If you're familiar with this from wrestling, you'll have to find him because he's he's not particularly well hidden, but he's about to do a super fly splash down onto something. Nobody ever sees this. It's great that you can do that, yeah. but that figure is completely useless for, you know, playing. Oh, sure. If you well, played with him, he would fall to pieces.
2: And that's that's the problem. And so question for you Rodrigo, do you like your action figures with more or less articulation
0: and why?
3: I think, I think like Matthew was saying, there's a, there's a sweet spot somewhere along the way. I remember, um, that, uh, and I think it is the Marvel, either the Marvel masterpieces, whatever, um, Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The one that that I have. That guy, you can't, you can't stand him up. He's, he's too jointy. Yeah. You know, but there is, there is somewhere in the middle, somewhere that is, uh, somewhere that will be good. I think that, You know, there's, there's been a few series of the McFarland toys that are pretty good about it, where they've got joints. Their biggest problem is A, they have really improbable anatomies and that makes it difficult to stand them up. But if you're playing with them, then it's not a, that's not a huge deal. Um, and then the other thing is just kind of the, you know, uh, when you have an action figure that from a character that looks a certain way, Sometimes that's very difficult to translate and also make for a possible action figure. For example, um, Steven was nice enough to give me pretty much all of his uh, world's finest... um, Oh, the action figures? Yeah, the action figures, like the the Superman, Batman, Public Enemies line...
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about with the Hawkman yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Captain oh, Marvel yeah, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking those about.
3: Those guys have, have, you know, joints everywhere that they should. So, the problem is they are basically, they, they look like the comic book versions of them, which mm-hmm. are mechanically impossible. So, mm-hmm. yes, you can post them as long as the only thing that Superman ever says is, do you have tickets for the gun show? <laughs> that is, Hello, hello, Superman. Are we still being haunted by the superhero community? I don't know. Let's check her over there. You know?
2: Well, I, you know, I, going back to why are boy and girl toys different? I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm sure it kind of goes back to Matthew's theory of just the way that imagination and accessories are played out. Uh, as far as more articulation or less articulation, man, I love that Iron Fist figure that I have, but it's got the hinged hands and the hinged feet, and you cannot get Iron uh, Iron Fist to stand up correctly, and it makes me angry. However, more articulation means more creativity with your figures, and I would point everyone to, uh, to the online intardwebs, Iron Man versus Bruce Lee by Patrick Boivin, I think is how you pronounce his name. He is uh, from France. It is a terrific stop motion animation done with a Bruce Lee and Iron Man uh, action figures. And it's wonderful. And so there certainly are some advantages to not having to go out and build your own, you know, armature with the, you know, with all the joints that you Mm -hmm. need when you have a really good uh, figure that way.
0: Or even a legature. I mean, geez. Yeah. That would take forever. Yep. Um the the minifigs the one Yeah, Lego minifigs. This is a, a it's a a red tornado. Oh yeah, yeah, these are the These are the mini mates. These are mini mates. Yeah, you can pretty much make him do anything that he needs to do, but he's still playable and he's still, you know, someone where you're like, "Yeah, da." And he he doesn't look like he's attempting to ballet dance through a room filled with dog vomit. Which I think is the problem that comes with too much articulation. For me, you have to have some up to a point. But when my kid and I play, even if you're if you're playing with something that has no articulation at all, mm-hmm. a statue of something, you can still hop it around and you can have it go, Hello, oh, sure.
1: hey, Tornado. Hello. My
0: my daughter was playing with the mini mates and uh at one point she came over to me, Daddy, it's horrible. I'm like, what? She's like, the Joker switched brains with batman and she stuck (laughs) the joker head on that and now his evil plan is to be evil as batman i'm like you are my child and Uh. and it was one of those things where uh, based on what that toy did she came up with the plot right that was fun and because that toy you know was was able to do that one thing I would say that no articulation wouldn't have been near as much fun. She never would have thought of brain swapping. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you have too much articulation, it you you might spend all your time trying to figure out why the Joker's head keeps falling off or, you know, why Iron Fist is doing that weird thing that he does. You know, I think you, you had one where he was sitting in like a lotus position yep. and it's going, yo, what's it, with, up, his, with his thumb up. He's like, stop <laughs> yeah. 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 That's (laughs) That's too much. That's why I love that kind of poseability. (laughs) If you can put your figure in a lotus position. Yeah. No, no, here's here's the here's the here's the kicker. If you could put the figure comfortably and believably on a motorcycle Mm -hmm. in a pose where he's on a motorcycle, that is exactly enough articulation. That is exactly the amount of articulation that you need. If you can put them to where their their the joints in the hips are such where you bend the legs, they don't look ridiculous. They can put their hands out in front of them in a believable manner and hold their hands in a way that they would be on a motorcycle, you have enough articulation. More than that is too much. What about size After
3: that, you can just oh. take your uh you can take your um JLU figure mm-hmm. and put that guy in the sidecar. There yeah. you go. Yeah, and standing up because the JLU the U figures don't ah! really...
2: Yeah, straight up. Uh, yeah, oh, the they, JLU yeah, figures right. are don't awesome. They bend their legs. The JLU figures are awesome, uh, but they, they have five points of articulation. Head, shoulders, legs. That's it. Some of the figures, though depending on when they were made at one point Mattel experimented with knee joint and elbow elbow joints. So you can find a Superman and a Batman and a wonder woman that have those joints. But for the most part, it is the five points and that is it. But people still love those toys.
0: The, the other question I was going to show for everyone. So we need to start saying sandwiches. Yes. Um,
2: what about size wise? Do you like to have all your figures, all the three and three quarter inch or the all five inch or the all seven inch or the all eight and a half inch? Or do you care about fitting into that same scale? property? Yeah, it's the same scale, because my son does not give a care about that. He's playing with a little mini mate Star Wars uh, Stormtrooper. And then he's got uh, the, the Mattel DC Kids Batman fighting with a um, Ben 10... Hero Factory uh, character, and they're not on the same scale with one another, and he doesn't have a problem with it.
0: And you want to grab him and shake him and go, no!
2: What is wrong Stop with you? Quit head. playing wrong, you terrible, terrible boy!
0: When
3: this would a- never happen. The copyright <laughs> <laughs> implications are enormous. When I was a young
0: boy... I had a series of of, of uh, several figures that I used to play with, and um I believe one was an actual old-school G.I. Joe with Kung Fu grip, but it was old enough that it had lost, like, both of his legs and one of his arms, so it was more like, you mm-hmm. know, G.I. Joe, uh, fourth of, born on the Fourth of July edition. And, you know, I had these different figures, and they're all different scales, and I, I put them in, like, a 118-scale Volkswagen Rabbit. And uh, they were accompanied by clay uh, representations of the robots from the black hole because you can't find action figures of those um anywhere. And it didn't matter because that wasn't the point of, you know, what was going on. They were saving the universe in a Volkswagen Rabbit. Uh. You know, and the Luke Skywalker at what, two and three and a quarter. Those Luke Skywalker figures did perfectly fine hanging out with uh, the giant G.I. Joes or. You know, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle figures that are five inches tall mm-hmm. still fought just as well with my eight inch Power Rangers. This wasn't when I was a kid though. This was when I was in college. Yeah, this was last week. But, you know, they, they, <laughs> no, my Power Rangers are still up. I don't have a shelf for them. But yeah, it, I don't think that the scale is important because much as the Joker stole Batman's body and put his brain in Batman's head, you know, two words, Pim particles. Mm-hmm
3: sure. Boom. Rodrigo, but uh, Rodrigo, what uh, about you? It was the same thing for me. I had a really, um, really motley assortment of toys. Um, my parents really started uh, hitting on that He-Man stuff after a while. But even then, I got a lot of toys from my uncles from, you know, they just outgrew their toys and ended up giving them to me. Mm-hmm. And so really my party in, in kind of in the way that Matthew had his was that B guy from He-Man. Um, <laughs> the, the Star Wars, um, Nub I think that's nine, his name. Nine, nine Nub. Nine Nub. That's his name. Nyum Nyub is like the song that you all sing. Nub-nub. Um, and an orange goat nub-nub. and whatever my little ponies I could steal from my sister. But, and, and I'm talking like a, an orange plastic. Animal that like comes out of an egg, you know, yeah. like at a yeah. supermarket, you put in like however many orange, orange goat. Yeah. Like that goat, I remember had this really sharp edge where the both of the pieces of plastic were poured in, or where it was like poured together into the mold or something like that. But it just yeah. had like this edge, and it was a razor goat. <laughs> and those guys, you know, ran around and fought. Fought monsters on Castle Grayskull, and you know, if you even if you look at Castle Grayskull, it wasn't to scale with the He-Man figures because mm-hmm. they were too big. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of, you yeah. know, already already the proportion was all thrown off. And when when
0: we were kids, Steve, and you know, probably about the early eighties, you remember when I was never came. a child in the eighties. <laughs> shut your hole I
3: was the transformers toys an angry old man
0: yeah the
3: transformers
0: toys in america were actually a combination of three different lines of toys right so guys like uh megatron mm-hmm. and Soundwave and perceptor yep. came from one line of toys where they you know they turned into realistic things that were in scale sort of and then of course there were the little figures like Bumblebee and Cliff Jumper mm-hmm. and the weird Bumble Jumper, which is actually a melange of the two. Those were a second toy line and guys like Optimus Prime and Ironhide and, you know, uh, Sideswipe. We always called him something different when I was a kid. Um, they all came from a third line of toys. They were not in the same scale. They weren't even from, you know, the same planet. There was no way that this happened and you know what they did they made a cartoon and they broke the laws of physics every time megatron and soundwave transformed and it was awesome it was freaking awesome uh, if you look at if realize, you look at
3: the generation 1 transformers cartoon it really really is kind of like two kids one's playing the Decepticons and one's playing the Autobots and yeah. they're just playing and none cuz none of that stuff makes sense it doesn't make the, a
0: lick of sense dramatic the, the
3: level of one-upsmanship of both sides is kind of like what kids would do like haha we have we have cornered you in this canyon oh yeah well we have the ultimate cannon now and then comes a toy from a completely different toy line. Yep. And starts so going, <laughs> yep, exactly.
0: Yep. And they're all voiced by Chris Latta. And, yep. you know, uh, that I think is quintessentially the, the, er example for me of why not only does scale not matter, I don't want my kid to ever think that it should matter. And I don't want her to think that she has to walk down the pink and purple aisle if she wants something to play with. You know what What they've done at our Walmart store? She should be able to find something that entertains her. Mm.
2: What they've done at our Walmart store is at one point, now I think they've uh, reorganized again, but at one point you had one side of the aisle where the pink girl toys and on the other side of the aisle were boy toys. And so you had, you Mm. know, you would have to walk through and it wasn't like this aisle is only for girls. This aisle is only for boys. You have... You know your Legos and your Barbies in the same aisle together, and they're they were really trying to I don't know if they were trying to intentionally, but it was like they were trying to blur that that um you know that line right. of these are the yeah, this
0: is only you know, for models, always, this is only for it's boys haze, yeah. it's Hayes Kansas, and they had limited amount of space
3: and yeah, well I think too. that's or they didn't have like enough toys to fill out a whole toy aisle you know it is, um, but yeah, I think you know toys like Legos there's. Legos aren't strictly for boys. I think they're more marketed to boys. Certainly. If you look at the properties that they end up picking up. Right. Um, but again, you know, there's nothing saying that you can't build whatever you want out of Legos. Mm -hmm, So it's, mm -hmm. it's a smart move to, to put the Legos in between. And, and you do see that you see that a lot of the time it's like boys toys, then like, board games or like yeah. Rubik's cube type stuff right. or like building material type games. And then the girl stuff. So that right. At mm-hmm. least accidentally both sides will end up buying those toys in the middle.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's that, weird. There are people who are very offended by the gender politics of toys. And I think that honestly, you may be overthinking it a little bit and, and certainly not that you're not entitled to your frustrations and anger, but I think that people are going to gravitate towards what entertains them. I don't know how or why, but I have three action figures representing an infinite crisis OMAC in three different scales. And I got to tell you, I hate the infinite crisis OMAC. Hate the character, hate the design, hate it all. But I have these action figures and I'll be darned if he doesn't make a fun action figure to play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he's got that big thing on his back and. When when I was younger, I was limited to you know what I what I basically could buy at the TG and Y, you know. So you you wouldn't necessarily be able to work in scale. You you know if you you went and you bought like like my spaceship that happened to also be a Volkswagen Beetle or a Volkswagen Rabbit rather, that's that's what you worked with. You know, you bought something and you, you played with it and you dealt with it and it didn't necessarily matter. I had Barbie dolls and I had Ken dolls, you know, my Barbie dolls generally were driving the car and, you know, Ken was doing whatever Ken would do and driving the car off the end of the thing. Barbie was an excellent driver and um, my, my yard actually had a, a drainage ditch through it. So occasionally Barbie and Ken would get in the drainage ditch and they'd end up half a mile away in the cemetery. but, we lived across the street from the cemetery by the way so that was fun i think what i'm trying to say here is i hate sauerkraut
2: <laughs> all right well let's move on then hi this is scott and i have a question about various continuities in the dc universe i know that the new dc hi, scott, timeline meant- has something to do with flashpoint but i'm not sure how please explain well when right. uh, as far as i as I far will. as i remember as far as i remember Okay. Barry Allen came back and screwed everything up for everybody. At the same time, so did uh, Professor Zoom, or the Reverse Flash, who went back in time and changed the timeline to create the Flashpoint universe essentially. Barry Allen tried to fix it. Kaboom kabam kabloom. New universe. Incorrect. Close enough.
0: Incorrect. <laughs> Barry Allen did come back from the dead. Professor yes. Zoom did come back from the dead. Yes. What created the Flashpoint universe was Barry Allen himself going back in oh, time that's right. that's to right. save his mother. That's right. Thereby creating the alternate timeline. When Barry went to try and fix the timeline in that third that Flashpoint universe, he was hit by the mysterious hooded woman that Stephen calls Strange Hands. Um and she would told them, Oh no, you have to fix it. And at that point, the Flash saw three different timelines, the DC mm-hmm. universe, uh Jim Lee's Wildstorm books and the Vertigo universe. And he merged with his younger self, ran back in time, and boom, exploded into a brand new universe. And again woke up in this brand new world where, you know, things are different but also different. So the last issue of Flashpoint had Barry trying to fix the universe that he himself broke and inadvertently creating a third universe.
2: I was reading Wonder Woman for a while, a few years back, when the Amazons mm-hmm. were all banished and Wonder Woman was dating the nemesis guy, and I actually liked it to my surprise. But then everything changed mm-hmm. suddenly, and suddenly Wonder Woman wore pants and a jacket, and she was younger and didn't have all her powers and didn't seem to be any other super beings in her world, and she seemed to have a new history. It was odd since I was following some brightest day books like Justice League and suddenly the main DCU universe had, what is what got lost here in this sentence, had no memory of her, but he did. Uh, This would be uh, the -hmm. Maxwell Lord character. This went on for a while and then the new 52 happened and without any explanation, Wonder Woman has yet another continuity without resolving anything from the last two continuities. I never received an explanation on mm-hmm. what happened to normal Wonder Woman continuity before the short-lived pants era. And they nothing did about the newer To an extent. She was in another universe.
0: No. Yes. She was in the DC universe. Um, the Greek, well, I don't know if they're Greek or Roman, the gods of Wonder Woman's pantheon went back in time and basically futzed with her time stream, which caused the history of the Amazons to be different which caused the history of Hippolyta and thus, by extension, Wonder Woman to be different. So at the end of Odyssey, which ran from Wonder Woman volume, well, three, number 600 through about number 614, Wonder Woman had discovered that things had been changed. She came to terms with it all, blah, 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 blah. But that story ended just as Flashpoint kicked off. Mm -hmm. So Wonder Woman kicked into another alternate universe and then rebooted into the new 52. But at the end of that Wonder Woman volume, which is, I think, essentially volume three, they did come to grips with the fact that her timeline had been changed. Right. Causing ripples through the timeline. And I don't know if that was intentionally designed to lead us to Flashpoint, but I'll tell you two words how it happened. And those two words are stunt casting. Basically, yeah. they wanted J. Michael Straczynski, Straczynski to come over yeah. from Marvel. They offered Straczynski control of Superman and Wonder Woman, their big tier characters, to get him off of Thor. Well, <laughs> that he re- was probably He went, on, he, he words, went on
2: to write Superman Earth One. Which was a g- huge success and also set in another uh, dimension. And you know, I'm, I'm Matthew, I'm, I'm going to bet that, that it wasn't intentional to shunt uh, Wonder hmm. Woman into an alternate universe prior to the relaunch. I And I know she some was people not in probably, an alternate
0: universe. She was in the DC universe.
2: But there was no Superman, there was because no she, Batman, and nobody had known of her. There was a
0: Superman, there was a Batman, and she met both of them. How come they didn't know During the of arc. Them? Because the Greek gods messed with the timeline. Have you never oh, read an super, issue of Legion of Superheroes?
2: Stupid time travel. But, I, you know, <laughs> the 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 notion that this was the, um like, a test bed for the new 52, I don't think I follow that line of thought that some people put out there.
3: No, no. I, really, I think what it was is the, for whatever reason, the... Previous run on Wonder Woman, which was the Gail Simone run, wasn't right. it? Yep. Right. Right. Um, ended before the new Fifty Two started, and rather than you know necessarily launch or, or or continuing that or doing something else, they gave uh, Strasinski this playground of ten issues or however long it was um, to. Do something new with the character since they probably already knew she was going to get rebooted anyway. Mm-hmm.
0: I would say that they certainly expected that it could happen. I think honestly, what that, not necessarily so much as a, an intentional trial balloon, but I've always said that where goeth the Legion goeth the DC universe. You'll note that the Legion inexplicably rebooted into a whole new reality way back in 2005. Right. And now five, six, seven years later, the rest of the DC universe has gone, oh, well, let's do that. I think that rebooting timelines or changing universes or changing timelines to fit the story that we want to tell is going to be the equivalent of radiation to Stan Lee. Because if you think about how many stories in the last four or five years are based on we, you know, we screwed with the timeline or we reset the timeline, you know, going back even another dozen years, going back to zero hour, Uh changing the time stream so that what you want to have happened happened while you can simply say, oh, well, it turns out that that thing that you wanted to have happen didn't happen because I don't want to write about it. Well, you know, you know, that.
2: Scott says, you know, I know you guys probably don't follow her stories. Well, we kind of follow her. Matthew probably more
0: than me. And
2: I'm more in a broad stroke kind of view because, quite frankly, the reason why uh, Wonder Woman wasn't working was because a lot of people were confused. There was the initial, oh, she's got pants. And then people were like, this doesn't make any Mm -hmm. sense. And a lot of them left. Uh, And same way with Flashpoint. A lot of people were really disappointed in what happened in Flashpoint. And so don't well, yeah, don't feel bad if things get problem. confusing. I mean, in ten years you're going to have the same question. Maybe even five years, you're going to have the same question. Going, what happened to my Justice League? What happened to the Legion? What happened to you know? What? Why is this all different? Eh,
0: time get travel. used to it. Uh, time uh, Wonder Woman Odyssey had the same problem that Superman Grounded had in that it had a really good high concept hook, but then there weren't they weren't moving for anything specific. It was just. Here's a new, you know, here's a new status quo with which to play and not Mm -hmm. necessarily a whole lot of drive to get anything done. Right. You know, it's just we've built this universe and we don't necessarily know what stories we're going to tell. We don't have a plan for it. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is, you know, this is the new thing. And, you know, Wonder Woman's pants costume was actually not terrible. No, No, it 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 was off. I
2: liked it. It was fine. All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this issue. Thank you for joining us next time on the show. Old Man Logan. Why? God, if I know. But we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash spoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers.
1: spoilers. the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds, well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through, plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew, kick my butt out on the corner what a major spoiler what a major spoiler what a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Being in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldiers What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler.
3: Major Spoilers. It's copyright 2012.